guess they killed him out Hey Mike, can you fade it down? My name is Julian. Welcome to Working Class Heroes Radio, a show by working people about working people in New York City. And my name is Lupita. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are dedicating tonight's show to all of those that are fighting for black liberation from their homes or in the streets. Wherever you are, we stand with you. The video of George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis by a white police officer has reignited the Black Lives Matter movement. A bonafide uprising erupted against Derek Chauvin and the rest of the Minneapolis Police Department's treatment towards the black community. People across the rest of the country and the world are protesting in solidarity. And these protests reached New York last weekend. And Julian was able to speak with several protesters about why they were out. This is what one of them had to say. You know what? There's a lot of um, like difference of opinions there. But I feel like this. I feel like we've marched for 60 years now. We've been peaceful, mostly. People don't understand the passion and the pain that people are going through and what it drives you to. Um, when you see your fellow brothers and sisters on the ground dying before your eyes, there's no telling what'll happen. Just like a cop who says, I'm afraid for their lives. What should we be? We're angry, we're hurt, we're disappointed in a system that has failed us over and over and over again through systematic oppression, through um, discrimination. And it, I feel like by any means necessary. Sometimes there's casualties, unfortunately, but it's time to stand up now. That's it. It's no more. This is for freedom. It's not a fad. It's not a, it's not a, a pocketbook you wear. This is for our lives. Our, what else is there? What else is there? That was Tasha, a protester at Foley Square on Friday's protest last week. And what we heard from her is the accumulated pain and anger at the lack of government action to stop police terror on black communities. We haven't seen protests this big since the start of the Black Lives Matter movement back in 2014, when thousands marched for justice for Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, and others. Despite that, Every year, police in the United States kill over a thousand people with little to no consequences. Derek Chauvin and three other cops at the scene were initially fired, but after a week of escalating unrest across the country, they have all been arrested, with Chauvin facing increasing charges for murder. And I believe that the new charges are for second-degree murder now, when they were before third-degree murder. But for thousands of people, this is just a little too little too late and protests continue in all 50 states. City and state governments are responding by flooding the streets with militarized police repression and imposing curfews and threatening to call out the National Guard. And New York City has been no different. When we come back from this next coming short break, we'll be speaking to Bianca Cunningham, an organizer and member of the Afro-Socialist Caucus of the Democratic Socialist of America, DSA who participated at some of the first protests here in New York City. So stay with us. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. Uh, yeah, it's for my street. Feel it. On the count of three, safe. the police. One, two, three. Yeah, applauding. Damn right, I'm... 
That was Jay Dilla's classic, F the Police. And now we're excited to welcome Bianca Cunningham to our show. Bianca, are you here with us? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Great. Welcome to Working Class Heroes Radio. So maybe we should jump into the basics. Um, Why are you out there protesting? And what feels different about these protests? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I've been out since Friday night, almost every single night. I'm out protesting the slow genocide of black and brown people at the hands of state violence, at the hands of the police. I'm out there protesting the idea that we can't call for accountability with the police, that they, that protesting the idea that they don't get to be held accountable for the murder of black and brown bodies all over this country. I'm here. I'm out protesting the idea that it's acceptable for police to stand up in riot gear and attack the citizens and the people in the very neighborhoods that they have sworn an oath to protect and serve. Um, what feels different about um, this moment or these protests? These protests feel much different than what I experience um, out in the streets for instance, after the deaths or the murders of Mike Brown and Eric Garner. Um, what I saw there was outrage, and that was in 2015. Uh, in 16, there was a lot of outrage in the streets. People were taking action, but nowhere near to the level that we see in New York City and around the country and really around the world um, right now. I think the other difference that I see, there's more people mobilized, but also the age and the types of people who are mobilized. You have thousands of people in the streets right now that have never, ever, ever um, been out before for any other uh, issue or reason. You have thousands of young people, high school, middle school kids in the streets right now, and they're the ones leading these protests, leading these actions, you know, uh, occupying these spaces to say that they are sick of seeing, you know, black and brown people murdered at the hands of the police. This is unlike anything. There's no organization or nonprofit or group that owns this moment that is directing this, right? Um, this is a pure and organic outrage. This is structuralist, leaderless, and it's beautiful. It's an organic uprising from the people. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what I see, too. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned is that, you know, cops are showing up in riot gear. And we have seen that Governor Andrew Cuomo and de Blasio and the NYPD, they've been trying to respond to these confrontations with police and, you know, avoiding some of the looting that we've seen across the city. What are your thoughts on how all of that is being handled in the media and by these officials? Yeah, so first of all, de Blasio, I feel like, is doing a terrible, terrible, terrible job. He had so much criticism for the former mayor um, during the Occupy Wall Street times about how the police were not the answer and how we couldn't silence the voices of the protesters. Yet we see now in this moment how he responds in the same manner, uh, making a choice to double the police presence from 4,000 to 8,000, making the decision to enact a curfew to try to stifle the voices of protesters. I've been out um, a, a, a past curfew ever since the curfew was here, and I can tell you the curfew is only being enforced for protesters. It's not being enforced for any other people on the street. And that is alarming. He's trying to silence the voices of people. I'll also say that my experience with the police is when they are present is when the violence happens. They are the violent ones. They are instigating the crowds. I've seen them 
tear gas people. I've seen them pepper spray. I've personally got pepper sprayed on Friday night by the police it, um, just because they wanted to claim more space. Um, I see them trying to occupy and block protesters. I've seen them uh, haul off on peaceful, uh, chill protesters where nothing is happening except for people kneeling with their, uh, you know, wielding their nightsticks and hitting people back down to the ground with their nightsticks and trampling them. I feel like Governor Cuomo what did say at least say the right things in the very beginning by saying that he supports the protesters, but we know that was only to the spite to to uh, spite the mayor. And so even that was empty rhetoric, and now he's even walked that back. Um, I feel like it's a huge mistake um, to to have double the police force in the streets. And I would also say that um, they are the ones inciting violence in the neighborhood. Absolutely. That's definitely what we're seeing on videos and videos on social media every day. Uh, I'm sure many New Yorkers want to take action. Uh, you're a leading member of the Afro-Socialist Caucus of the Democratic Socialists of America. How are you all organizing to meet this moment? So it's, I have to admit and say that we have been uh, hustling to meet this moment, sprinting on a sprint to meet this moment, as I, I'm sure many other organized uh, groups have. Um, as I mentioned, these are completely organic, um, you know, uprisings and organic, you know, it's, it's very hard to kettle the energy or to try to, you know, direct the energy. But we, uh, we did one, uh, protest on, in the Lower East Side, um, on Monday night where we were able to take both sides of the FDR. Um, and we are also leading, actually currently Afro Socialists is co-hosting and leading one that um, was in result in response to the young man that was murdered last night at Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn. Um, it's been really haphazard the way that these things are been put together. And I would say that if you're looking to be outside and you don't know, many of these things have been um, advertised on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. But if you're unsure about what to do, and you're in Brooklyn particularly, you can almost bet that if you go to Barclays Center or the Grand Army Plaza at any time of the day, you will find a cluster of hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the area that you can join up with. That's great. I think we have time for maybe another question. Uh, I'd like to ask you, Bianca, about... I've been hearing that there seems to be a campaign or a lot of chance around defund the police. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you think about those chants and, and, and those demands that are coming up? Absolutely. I think that people are starting to see the amount of money that the police take up in a state budget. It's unconscionable to me that two weeks ago we were having a conversation about nurses, doctors, grocery store workers, bus drivers, transit workers, etc., sanitation workers, not having the proper amount of personal protective equipment, not having access to gloves, uh, masks, um, and other things, testing and other things that were needed um, to keep them safe while they do their jobs. But yet now we see thousands, if not millions of dollars of police and military gear on display that they have ready to just deploy against American people all over this country. It's unthinkable. I think that the the my demand is to abolish the police system. And let's think about something that is um, more just more humane, more compassionate, and that actually leads to societal transformation um, and, and development. 
what we know that the police system right now does not do and the, and the incarceration system does not do. But right now, I think in New York City, what, you're, what people will see is that the demand for defund the police will be um, a loud rallying cry. I think it's the right cry. Um, me personally, I think that we can take, um, you know, defund the police by at least billions of dollars and re and reallocate those funds to where we most need, they're most needed, like our public schools and public hospitals, services that actually enrich and help develop the community. It's, uh, it's great that you mentioned that because, uh, I know that one of the, today's demand, uh, from coming from Movement for Black Lives is actually specifically community control around resources and, and, you know, when we talk about defunding the police, that's actually something that's already being taken up in Los Angeles. Um, and one of the things that that made me think of is, you know, how how much there's also seems to be tensions between um, public officials like Mayor de Blasio, like Cuomo and the police. Like the police actually seem to be um, questioning and challenging a lot of the Cuomo's and, and de Blasio's way of approaching this. Um, and one of the things that that we actually I find very almost insulting is that the amount of money that it takes for arming all of these cops with riot gear would actually be able to um, buy multiple PPE for for nurses. Um, and when we were talking, when you mentioned that, it reminded me of some of the videos that I'm seeing of nurses actually having to go from their shifts um, because of the curfew kind of being ending up at protest and then actually treating some of the protesters uh, from the wounds that the cops are inflicting. So I'm, I'm sort of wondering, um, it sounds like you've been out a couple of times, what's the kind of uh, response that you're getting from essential workers who come across these protesters? Yeah, we are, have been giving an overwhelmingly, um, like, a, like everybody supports. I mean, this is the question I asked last night as I got home. Um, the, the cops uh, incited violence um, at the foot of the Brooklyn Bridge, beat a bunch of people with nightsticks. Somebody uh, was unconscious, uh, went unconscious, and there were nurses on the ground to go help uh, that woman who was, who was knocked unconscious by the police. There was another woman that was trampled by the police, and she was limping. And there's videos of the police pushing and saying, get out of the way, as she's limping with her bicycle. They're chasing her with a baton and pushing her back with a baton. Oh yes, essential workers and people in general are in support of what's going on in the streets. They're in support of Black Lives Matter. They're in support of police accountability. They're in support of defunding the NYPD and other police forces. So what do we do when the people support us, but the police are against us? And this is the main question. These elected officials, yes, we do vote to elect them, but it doesn't mean anything about for our democracy if they're just going to take the word of the police unions and the police chiefs and take orders from them. Because guess what? We can't elect police officers and police chiefs. And so I think that, you know, overwhelmingly the, the, the support, you know, bus drivers, sanitation workers are honking the horn, helping us block the street in some cases, you know, um, doing everything that they can to show class solidarity with the people that are out in the streets. And it's been absolutely beautiful to see, particularly the young people experience that level of solidarity from essential workers um, around the city um, because it really does, I think, embolden and affirm that the spirit of the ancestors is with us, that this working class thing, there's a thing here and that we will continue to push for our liberation because it's us or else. 
Those are some great points. Um, thank you so much for bringing us both your eyewitness report and and sort of your analysis of this. Um, we're going to take a short musical break. Uh, and then after that, we're actually hoping to take some calls and comments. Uh, so for our listeners, please give us a call um, right now. It, the number that you can reach us at is 212-209-2877. Again, that number is 212-209-2877. So we're going to be right back. Stick around after this music break. Yeah, we about to twist it up. We about to lift it up. We never give enough. For starting salary, it's hard reality. Find solidarity. Yeah. We gotta lead us to when where they lead us to, they leave us or they see it through. Yeah, we pack your precious metals. What you heard is In Every Ghetto by Talib Kwali featuring Ninth Wonder. You're listening to Working Class Heroes Radio on WBAI 99.5 FM. We've been speaking to Bianca about the ongoing movement for racial justice. And we want to take some questions and comments from listeners. So if you want to give us a call, uh, the number you can reach us at is 212-209-2877. And while we wait, I guess we have some more time for just talking to you, Bianca, if you don't mind us asking another question. No problem. Where do you think uh, this is? Or how, let me ask you this question, Bianca. How do you think uh, this is changing American politics right now? I mean, I know that's a big question, but it's a huge question, and it's and we're, and, and it's yet to be seen. I believe. I mean, I think that this is forcing conversations around what the role of the police in the society is about the type. <laughs> of country that we want to be coming out of this. Um, but I think those conversations are yet, you know, are still happening. And so it's hard to say, but I, 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 I will say that I, anybody who's living to see this right now, you are part of history. Um, this is a historic moment. I think a great, a, a great moment. Um, and I hope that this momentum continues, um, so that we can actually push for real change and that it doesn't get lost in the demand for an arrest of an individual officer or an accountability for an individual uh, person, but that it really does manifest itself into real systemic uh, solutions and systemic structural change for us. Totally agree. Um, let's give it a moment for to see if we have any callers calling in. Yes, we have a one caller here. Great. Thanks, Max. Uh, patch him in. Caller, welcome to Working Class Heroes Radio. What are your thoughts? Okay. Can you mind the radio now? I believe so. I can't really hear you, but you should go ahead and... Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. I hear can. you a little, yeah, a little bit. Okay. So um, I was very interested. I'm very interested in the development that's happening nationally, and I see more and more on TV, on shows, on internet, and also at demonstrations to defund the police. And um, I think that the idea of defunding the police is not only a good idea, but I think we should begin talking about abolishing the police. And I'm not being pie in the sky. Uh, Huey Newton and Mumia Bujamal both. Both have written excellent, excellent pieces. Yui back some time ago and Mumia Abu Jamal about a year or two ago. 
about how we need models of community-controlled peacekeepers and um, that it would be possible to do that. The police cannot be reformed. The police is accountable to the state. The police does the dirty work for the Cuomos and the Bloombergs and, you know, the rich people of this country and the one percent, basically. And they cannot be reformed. All the training in the world is not going to change who they are because they're, that's their function. They are brought in. I mean, as people, lots of people have documented, the police follow, are built on the history of white supremacy and slave owners and slave patrols. That's the history of policing in this country. It doesn't come out of peacekeeping. It comes out of white supremacy and the history of slavery. And if you see the badges, I saw on the Internet yesterday or today a badge of a slave patrol person, and it, it looks so similar to the police badges that have them next to each other. We have to really analyze the function of the police and the role they play in the society and who they're really accountable and not just have these idealistic views of we're going to give them a weekend of training and they're going to change. I heard today I was at a demonstration in Washington Heights in the Dominican community and I heard people saying, well, you know, maybe they need yoga, maybe they need meditation. That, can you? I mean, that is not, you know, I mean, with all respect to the people who are hoping for the police to become more humane, that is not their history, that is not their function, that's not why de um, Blasio brings them in and why yeah. he wanted to double the police at this moment in history. Okay. That's, you know, there's, there's a lot there. To unpack. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I wonder, Bianca, what your thoughts are on that. Uh, one would think that, you know, people say that idealistic would be to think that we can, can get rid of the police. And Bianca, I know that, you know, you're part of DSA. You consider yourself a socialist. Um, what, what would that look like for you as a socialist or how does that tie into, to that idea? Sure. And so I totally want to just applaud and thank that uh, woman for her comments. I completely agree with everything you said and you laid out, sister. So thank you for that. Um, I think we need to remember that the police in the same idea of the slave patrols is really about protecting property. And that's really what they're um, doing still uh, about and still out there for, to protect the property and the interests of the ruling class. Um, that means that, um, that means that they shouldn't be the ones responding to school fights or homelessness or community disputes or even domestic disputes, that there is um, an idea that there are people who are trained, go to school, professionalized, and equipped to handle these different issues. I think there, uh, we, we ought to be finding ways that really rehabilitate people, whether that's through mediation, therapy, uh, education, and, uh, and really um, addressing poverty and inequality in this country, those are, the, those are the ways that we actually fight crime. Those are the ways that we actually clean up our neighborhoods. Those are the ways that people feel safer at work, at home, at school. Um, as far as like, being an abolitionist, uh, I absolutely am a police abolitionist. I think that it's so hard for people to imagine, and they always pull out the most 
extreme examples. Well, what should we do with serial killers? Well, what should we do, you know, with X? Well, you know, those people make up a very small percentage of the incarcerated population as it is. Most people that are incarcerated are incarcerated for nonviolent uh, crimes. And I think that we need to look at structural and like answers that, you know, structural answers and structural solutions getting to the root of the problem, which is white supremacy, patriarchy, um, and capitalism. We need to root that out so that we can actually um, go forward in healing in this country. Bianca, you've been an incredible guest. Thank you for that. Unfortunately, we are running out of time for tonight's show. Um, we have one last song for everybody. Stick around uh, for that song, and then a final few words for the rest of the show. Bianca, Thanks thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. See you all in the streets. Black Lives Matter. Solidarity, <laughs> comrade. Have a good night. Before we call it a night, we want to encourage our listeners to check out the Movement for Black Lives. You can head on over to their website, m4bl.org, to read their demands, find information on how to take action, and donate to bail funds for protesters across the country. That's it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week where we'll continue our conversation on police oppression. To listen to previous episodes, head over to wchradio.org where you can listen to them at any time. If you like our show and want to support community radio, you can go to wbai.org and become a WBAI buddy on behalf of Working Class Heroes Radio. Stay safe, stay healthy, New York, and as always, in solidarity. Yeah.